Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 82. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner, or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful, and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Good morning and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How Are You? I'm having a slightly stressful morning, it's got to be said. I'm trying to send some videos to an event that wanted me to speak. Anyway, as it happened, I wasn't able to go and speak in person. So I've done some videos for them, which is really cool, actually. I'm really excited about the fact that I still have a presence there and they can still see me, although I'm not technically there. However, You know when the world of technology is trying to work against you and basically destroy your life? That's how I feel right now because I'm trying to upload these videos and they are not going. They're just taking forever and I've made them smaller and I've stopped everything on the computer and I've turned the computer off and I restarted the internet and honestly, like, things like this really wind me up and I have to remind myself to be calm and it is what it is, and I can't change it. But it's just so frustrating in this very modern world we live in that some things just aren't exactly as they need to be. So anyway, my little rant over for now. So this week, we've got an interview with the lovely Liz Melville, who is a Facebook ads expert. And we're going to be going through some really good, simple, getting started tips, some few things that are new and that you might want to consider. But basically, if you are looking at starting Facebook ads, then this might be a really good introduction to you. So it might give you an idea of how to get started and why you should do them and why they're good. And I honestly do believe they're really good. I use them in my business and I've used them for lots and lots of clients and they're fab. And Liz is lovely. Before we get into the interview, though, a couple of kind of reminder things. 
first off, I have a masterclass coming up, so I would love you to join me live for that. It's on the 24th of September. It's got loads of different times, as always, so no matter where you are in the world, I'm sure there's a time that will accommodate you. If you head to teresaheathwearing.com forward slash masterclass, you're going to be able to sign up there. And like I said, I really hope that you can join me because it's going to be another fun one. I only ever do these things live. You know how sometimes when people do launches, because obviously this obviously is a step towards my academy opening again, and sometimes they do them on evergreen. Do you know what I mean by that? So basically they pre-record it and then it's a recording. I'm not keen on doing that. I love the live interaction. I love answering questions. So I really do enjoy kind of getting on there and, and hearing what you've got to ask and giving you that help that's going to help you directly in your business. The other thing I wanted to mention as a side is obviously this episode we're talking about Facebook ads and the fact that obviously it's really good for your business and it could be of a real benefit. So I wanted to mention as well that in the academy when it does open, which will be on the 24th, there is one of the courses that are already in there is a getting started with Facebook ads course and the academy itself. Now, I haven't confirmed the price because at the time of recording this, I'm still weighing up a few ideas. But anyway, it's not going to be a huge amount of money. And to come in and do that one course, and then if you wanted to leave, hopefully you don't. But if you did, then you technically could. So I'm just thinking if you do want to get started with Facebook ads, there is a course in there for you. So it might be worth going and checking out that. Okay, let's get on with today's interview. And let me tell you a bit more about Liz. So Liz Melville is a highly regarded Facebook ads and marketing specialist with over eight years experience in promoting brands and businesses online. Her clients spend tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook each month and they include some of the biggest names in Facebook and online marketing. She has also mentored and taught countless online course creators and personal brands how to ditch the drama of Facebook ads and confidently unleash growth and scale their impact through her trusted signature strategies. Liz really is the fontful knowledge when it comes to Facebook ads. She was fab on this episode, so I really hope you enjoy it. Okay, I am so excited this week to welcome my very lovely friend, Liz, to the podcast. Welcome, Liz. Oh, thank you, Teresa. I am really honestly so excited. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, thank you. I've been looking forward to it. So I've said in the intro that we met through James Wedmore and being part of that community, which is very exciting and very nice. And that you have been doing Facebook ads for some time and you are a bit of an expert on it. So I am super excited to share with my audience some real practical stuff with them today, because for me, I go on a lot about Facebook ads that if you are on Facebook, then really you should be exploring that. And there are lots of ways that you can do it for not a lot of money, which is amazing for small businesses. But before we dive into that, Liz, can you tell my audience if they haven't heard from you before who you are and how you got to do what you do now? Yeah, absolutely. So I started my business back in October, 2010 and had other self-employed businesses before then. But when I when I was doing these things, I was telling people on Facebook what I was doing. And I noticed that, oh, they told their friends and I would actually get sales. So what I was actually doing, I had two little businesses. One was walk, walking dogs. Um, and that was amazing. So I walked my dog in this area and look at this amazing photo and for oh, can you walk my dog? And I was like, oh, this is quite cool. Just chatting on Facebook. And another business I had when I had a proper job 
was selling chocolate bars. And I am a complete chocoholic. I probably ate more than I sold. <laughs> but I used to make these wedding favours and personalise them for brides. And again, I would just take pictures of them, put them on Facebook, have a chat about them. And I'd go, oh, my friend's getting married. Can She'll want to talk to you and would get sales. Yeah. So it wasn't until I was made redundant from corporate that I realized that I needed to still earn money. What could I do? And I thought, oh, there's something in this Facebook thing. <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah. coming, really just gaining traction at that point. And I thought, you know, I can see the power for businesses, how they can tell people what they're doing. And that's what really got me into Facebook marketing at first. But at that point, it was Twitter marketing and it was YouTube and it was um, LinkedIn. I was, you know, I would talk to anyone about any type of social media platform. But over the years, that's really just niched in to um, just doing Facebook ads. So it was, first of all, it was just Facebook and then really got into Facebook ads. So that's kind of been my evolution short story over the last nine years, but loved every minute of it. That's awesome. And finding something that you can niche down in, because I've always still stayed fairly wide in terms of what I talk about and what I know and that sort of thing. And and I've always wondered whether I should or wanted to, but I've never had that desire or call to. And I think when you when you do start kind of finding that thing to grab onto it and go, actually, no, I'm going to be brilliant at this, you know, is fantastic, isn't it? Because then that's what you're known for, which is awesome. So what I really want to do for my audience today is, because if you're sat there listening, thinking, oh, I've never done it before, and there are lots of people who don't advertise on Facebook, and I'm not sat here saying, and I'm very careful to say, that if you are doing something on Facebook right now that is working for you and you're not advertising, then great crack on, you know, if it's working for you, then brilliant. But the chances are, if you're using Facebook, you will find that the results you used to get or the results you want, you're not getting. And advertising can really, really help with that. So so let's start with the basics. Why should they really consider advertising on Facebook? Why is it even a thing that they need to think about? That's a great question. And I agree with you because I don't think everyone is ready yet for Mm -hmm. Facebook ads. I think there is a right time and a wrong time to be running them. And in your infancy as a business owner and you're just starting out, then it might not be the right time. And I think if you really want to get into Facebook ads and get the benefit of them, you probably want to be investing in them regularly, consistently. And, you know, in the early days, you might not have the cash flow to do that. But I think, you know, for me, if you are a business owner and you want to grow your business, it's either going to take you time to do that if you want to do it for organically, or it's going to take you money to do that and using paid traffic. So I think it come, becomes that choice of what's most valuable to me. Do I want some of my time back? Do I want to grow this faster? In which case you're looking at paid traffic. Uh, and when you make that choice, you can tap into with Facebook. You know, we're talking millions and millions and billions of people out there. And you can't tell me that your ideal audience isn't part of that. And I know Facebook gets, you know, a lot of bad press. It's not as trendy as Instagram these days. And only the old fuddy-duddies like Liz Melville are on there now. But (laughs) it's just simply not true. And, you know, your ideal audience probably is on Facebook. And what's more is they are telling Facebook everything. Mm-hmm. What they're eating, where they're eating, and um, what magazines they like, what books they've read, you know, where they live, their age, you name it, it is on Facebook. We spill our guts on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that is data that you can tap into as an advertiser. So if you're sitting thinking, how do I reach people? How do I get people to see what I've got to offer? Then what better way than to just send an ad out and let Facebook do the work for you and take your message to millions of people? 
Yeah, I love that. And you know what? You've just hit on two things that I talk or think about a lot. So one, my audience are on Facebook. No, no, no. I assure you someone somewhere from your audience is on Facebook. Because like you said, even though there are growing popularity in things like TikTok that I only vaguely know because my daughter's on it. And I I haven't yet thought about how that works from a business perspective or why or how I would use it. But I know that people are saying, oh, it's not as popular. And, you know, my stepson, he's not on Facebook. But your audience are there. It's still the biggest platform by far. Mm. And then the other thing is, is how much they do know about us. And I always... I don't know about you, Liz, but I always get the whole, well, how do they know that? How do, you know, how can they know these things? And that's not right. And my argument is twofold. It's kind of like, well, if you don't like it, don't be on it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, if you don't put your stuff in there, then they're not going to know it. And two, it's not just about, like when someone says to me that you can search on salary, how, how do they know my salary? And my answer, you might disagree, and, and I'd love to hear your take on this, but my answer is obviously they are gathering data in from everywhere and they're surmising stuff or they're making very smart assumptions about you live here, you have this type of job, you are this type of person, you are this, and therefore we assume you'd be earning this type of money. That's how I think they would work that sort of stuff out. What do you think, Liz? They actually know. They know. Um, so it's not even figuring it out or assuming. It's or amazing. Anything. I didn't know that. It is. Uh, and what a lot of people don't realise, and, and, and a lot of this came out in the Cambridge Analytica scandal because Facebook have partner networks that they share data with. Yeah. So they used to partner with companies like Axiom, um, Experian, um, insurance companies. So, of course, they know if you've got pet insurance and it's for a dog, you're a dog owner. So if I want to target dog owners who live in the UK within a certain radius of whatever town, then they can use that partner data to find you. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, because they've got an insurance policy there. They fit the criteria that you've just put in. So that's it. So a lot of us, you know, we might not have told Facebook about our lifestyle, but we may have made a transaction or done something that is publicly, well, not publicly, but certainly it can be shared data and that can be tapped into. Now, a lot of that got cracked down. So a lot of these partnerships were closed down after Cambridge Analytica. So we can't now target on things like income. There's a lot of these categories have gone, but there's still an awful lot of data that Facebook has Mm -hmm. and has access to that makes the targeting very, very powerful indeed. And it is. So from a marketer's perspective, honestly, it's one of the best things I've ever seen. The fact that I can target down to those things. And they've got some other super cool things as you talk about pixels and custom audiences and stuff like that, which you'll get to. But that for me, and and presumably you are still finding it effective and useful because again, there was there has been talk recently and probably the last year that ads are less effective than they used to be, but presumably or I certainly feel that they're still as effective or still effective for my business. What about you? I take the view that having just finished up a launch for someone where they made $5 million and, you know, <laughs> they and, look all right. <laughs> and we used ads extensively. Are Facebook ads less effective? I think some business owners would say no, and they would call time on, on that kind of, you know, talk. I think Facebook ads are still as effective, as effective as they ever were. They might cost you more, yeah. Um, but that's a lot of it because there are more people coming into the advertising space and using it. And advertising space on Facebook is starting to become a little bit depleted. 
But that said, it goes back to something you said at the start, Teresa, there's not everybody's advertising on Facebook. And actually, if you looked at the whole population of Facebook business page owners, who normally, that would mean your business owner, Mm -hmm. only about 6% of them are actually advertising. So there's actually a massive amount of people who are just not touching Facebook ads at all. And what's great for us is if you are using Facebook ads and you're getting that experience and you're getting you know, a reputation with Facebook as being a responsible advertiser, then you've got a massive opportunity there to keep doing that and they will be effective for you. Where I tend to see struggling entrepreneurs who are saying things like Facebook ads aren't effective anymore is because their strategies for using them are not effective. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we were really lucky having a social media that we didn't have to pay for that worked really well for our businesses in the first place and b even when the advertising really kicked in a bit more that it's still really cost effective to advertise through that way i'm old school marketer you know i used to work for land rover who would put adverts out that that would cost hundreds of thousands of pounds and we would have no idea how effective they were and it was too late by then because it was a press ad or it was a tv ad or it was an event or whatever you know we didn't have the way that and the flexibility that we have now that if we turn an ad on and it's not working once you've given it enough time to realize whether it's working or not you can turn it off you know and I joke that when people come to me and say, you know, I want Facebook ads or what budget should I put on? And it's like, how much could you afford to lose? So for instance, if you're going to test something, because in all honesty, I don't know about you again, you might disagree, Liz, but I think I might know what the outcome of that ad might be. But in all reality, I don't, because there are so many variables for every single advert, even, you know, all my own stuff, some can go really well, others not so great. And that could be the time of year, that could be the type of picture, that could be the audience, that can be the call to action, that could be all these other things. So I never really know how it's going to go. So in my opinion, how much can I afford to lose and not be too upset about that? And the chances are I'm not going to lose that money and the chances are I'm going to get some results from it. But that's how I kind of view when you first start out. What do you think? Yeah, and I would tend to agree because I think when you first start out with ads, you're absolutely testing from ground zero. You have no idea what's going to happen. You probably don't know what kind of creatives your audience are going to react to. You might not have honed your message to to be 100% on point. You might have to work at that. You might have to try different variations to get your audience to react. And while you're testing all that, the unfortunate thing with Facebook ads is you're having to pay Facebook to take that ad out there, whether it works or not. So I think you're right. There is almost that element of, okay, let's have fun with this. I'm going to experiment. I need to put aside a certain amount of budget for that experimentation. But in some ways, it's no different to what you mentioned, the old school marketing. Because exactly as you said, when we took out that quarter page advert in the local magazine that people would put through doors, you didn't know whether the dog was going to chew it. You didn't know if the person on the other side of that letterbox was, you know, someone you really wanted to reach. So there is that still that element of spending money on something that you've got absolutely no idea whether it's going to work or not. So Mm -hmm. it's no different with Facebook ads. You do need to kind of speculate to accumulate and and just test but I think you can also do that testing in a very if not controlled but certainly you can make some decent guesstimates of what you should do and how you should approach the ads that you don't just chuck your money away yeah and and you can turn it off so yeah if you've decided you're going to run something for two weeks to see how it works and you're four days in and actually it's bombing then you just go okay that's not working we'll turn that off or we'll tweak it or we'll change it for sure. 
Absolutely. And what I often hear the horror stories of Facebook took hundreds of pounds or dollars from me. No, they didn't. You just forgot to turn it off, as you say. And and if they say, well, I didn't know where to turn it off. Well, how responsible was that of you as a business owner to run an ad when you didn't know how to turn it off uh, or how to measure that it was working and turn it off at the time where you couldn't get your money back? So I think, you know, a lot of us need to take responsibility for understanding how to run ads and stop this blame Facebook that they just came along and took my money or it's too expensive. You know, come on, folks, you can control this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And actually compare this to marketing 10 years ago and you were paying hundreds of thousands to get in magazines or yeah. or you were spending hours walking around streets posting things through letterboxes. So they have given you an amazing tool, but you've got to be responsible and know how to use it. So, so this brings me nicely on to getting started then with Facebook ads and why well, I'm about to say why they shouldn't hit that boost button, but you may disagree, <laughs> Liz. Let's see. Let's you know. So let's let's talk about that boost button because that's the one thing that Facebook are constantly trying to promote to you, aren't they? Should we or shouldn't we be hitting that boost button? So my question back to you was, why do you think Facebook puts that boost button in such a prominent position on every post that you put on your page? They want you to hit it. And then you get the next thing is Facebook says that 95% of people are reacting better to this post than any other one you put on your page. Do you want to boost it? Again, why do you think they're doing that? It's because they want the advertising revenue. And a boost post is the simplest way for a lot of people to create a Facebook ad, especially if you haven't taken the time to understand how ads work, how to set them up, how to go into ads manager and do it properly. A boost post is a very easy on the fly way to do it. So if you, you can do that, but what's happening is you're not getting all the really good optimization tools and all the features that you'll get in ads manager to really optimize your ad and get the best results. So what happens is you don't get as maybe as much reach for your ad that's, and reaches the number of people that are seeing it, mm-hmm. but Facebook's still taking your money. So they make more money out of you by you hitting that boost post button than if you went into ads manager and set your ad up properly. You'll still create the same ad. It'll still have the same objective, but you'll probably get better results because you've just taken that time to set it up and really get granular on all the settings. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, it's just too easy. And therefore, if they're making it super easy, they're doing it for a reason. And mm-hmm. and you're swayed by the fact, or I think businesses are swayed by the fact it's like, oh, you know, you can reach an extra few thousand people if you just press this button for four pounds. And it's like, yeah, that's awesome. But are they the right 4,000 people? Because if they're not, then what is the point of that? And and actually, did it do anything for you? And I know you might be sat there thinking, well, it was only four pounds, five pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds. But actually, it's still your money. And, and if there's a smarter way to spend it, then I'm always looking for that smarter way. Absolutely. And actually, it's something we were talking about before we started chatting is that we've both seen ads mm. for courses that we've already paid for. Yeah. Now, there's a very simple way to stop that happening because why would you want to spend money on serving an ad to someone who has already bought from you when it could be served to someone who's a potential prospect? You can exclude your existing buyers from being served your ads very, very simply. But you can't do that when you hit a boost post button, but you can do it when you set it up in Ads Manager. You can start to exclude certain people and really narrow down your audiences. So it's a much more effective way of allocating your money and targeting people more effectively to just not take the lazy route. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 
And also from not just a spending money point of view, but we were talking about the fact of how irritating it is for us on the receiving end to get those ads because you're like, you don't even know who I am. Whereas we know because we're in this industry, they have the technology to know exactly who we are and therefore not send us those ads. So not only are they wasting money, but they're not making themselves look particularly great in the process. The same for, I've had it when our... um, I've been advertised events and then I bought my ticket and they've carried on advertising the event to me. And it's like, stop irritating me now. And those are the times where you're going to hide that post or you're going to say, I don't want to see this anymore. And that obviously has a negative impact on your ad overall, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So you just, and also the ad, it keeps being seen by the same people and they're not, there's no way they're going to buy from you because they already have. Then yes, they are going to get irritated. It's a bad customer experience, and your ad costs might start to rise because people stop start turning off. They're not not reacting to the ad, but they're still being served it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's talk about getting started. And one of the very first things, and the things that I am keen on, because of the fact of when you're doing it properly and you're going through ads managers, the very first thing that you're asked to do is pick your objective. Mm-hmm. Now, this is super important, isn't it? Yes, 100%. And it's where I see a lot of people go wrong, particularly with the boost post button. I think it's like, I've I've hit boost post, I've created an ad. Yay, brilliant. Why is it not delivering any results? Um, And and that's because it might be the wrong campaign objective. So a boost post is just an engagement ad. And when when you go into Ads Manager, as you say, the first thing you've got to decide is what's my campaign objective? And you're faced with a choice of 11. Now, in the main, you're probably only going to need about three of those, mm-hmm. but it's very important that you choose the objective type that most closely matches the action you want people to take when they see your ad. So when they click on it, where do you want them to go? Choose the objective that's going to get them to do that. And um, Because Facebook will, will take those instructions and say, right, Liz wants people to click on an ad, go to an opt-in page, give her their email address and sign up for something. So I would want a conversion objective. And Facebook would then say, right, I will go out and I will find the people in your specified audience who are most likely to take that action. And of course, it goes back to what we said at the start, they know. Because they know from past actions that you've taken across all the web, are you more likely to be a sucker to sign up for things and get, oh yeah, I want that. I want to have a look at that magnet. Um, It's the most ridiculous things I've signed up for. But anyway, you get sucked in by the marketing. But if if I'm more likely to do that, then I will get these ads. If you're a bit more savvy, Teresa, which I suspect you probably are, and less gullible, then you won't. Um, so Facebook knows, but that's that's really good marketing. So you choose the right objective. Facebook will help you serve your ad to the right people. You know, it's funny you say that about me being gullible. I won't do that. What I do do, though, is I sign up for every lead magnet I see out of interest of their process and I screenshot everything. So if anybody serves me any lead magnet, I literally screenshot the ad. I, I then save the address because it's on my phone and I send email that to myself and I literally then look at their page and then I look at how they deliver the thing. Honestly, it's like this crazy fascination in people's funnels and how they're doing it. So I do sign up to loads of things. So I get loads of things sent to me because they're just looking at what I do. So really interesting, a quick question actually for my own personal point. I tried lead ads. That's one of the objectives, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That you yes. Lead ad. And obviously one of the main things I do through advertising is trying to get leads for people to sign up for my email list mm-hmm. and to download a lead magnet and all that sort of thing. 
Now, I tried lead ads when they first came out and it didn't seem to do a whole lot for me. It didn't convert as well. So I still use a landing page. So just in case you don't understand, I've talked about this before on the podcast, so hopefully you will. But basically, I will serve you an ad or you might see an advert from me. You click on that, you go through to a new page off Facebook, might open up within the app or whatever, but it's not a Facebook hosted page. It's a page that I have created. And the only thing that you can do on this page, it's a landing page, is give me your email and your name. And then from there, you go to a thank you page and you sign up. But you can actually do a lead ad through Facebook that then pre-fills everything from what they know about you. And it's all within Facebook. Is that something you've done much of? Do you find it that it's working or not working? Should I give it a go again? Because I just have, I tried it, didn't work. So I've stuck with what I've, what I know at the moment. Yeah, and that's a great question. And you've you beautifully explained the difference between a lead ad and a conversion ad. So a conversion ad is getting you leads. And this is where people go, well, if I want leads. I want people to sign up for something. I'll do a lead ad. It may or may not be right for you. Normally, I would say if you're marketing online, it's probably a conversion ad you want if you're going to yeah. take people away from Facebook, as you say, to a landing page outside of it to give you their email address. But if you, if that's beyond you and you're like, I haven't got any landing page software, I couldn't possibly create one myself, I'm just starting out, a very simple way to collect email addresses is to run a lead ad objective. Um, and that's where you create a form that's within Facebook, not outside of it. And people, as you say, it will be pre-populated with information Facebook already has. And then you can very quickly, from a user experience, it's great because people will just, that's it, I've submitted my information, off it goes. Those kind of ads are brilliant if you are perhaps a bricks and mortar business or you're some kind of consultancy and you want to take bookings um, or you want to book appointments. They're great for that because you're getting people's information and it will be correct because it's come from Facebook. Um, So I love them for that kind of business. If you're a typical marketing online and you want to sign up for a lead magnet and you've got a landing page, I would go with a conversion ad. You'll probably find you'll get better results. I would say if more effective end conversions. What do I mean by that? Lead ads, you might get more people signing up. But what I've seen happen is that when it comes to putting an offer to them, you get a lower conversion rate. It's almost like they're lower cost. You get more leads up front, but they're lower quality because it's so easy to fill out. And Facebook's doing a lot of that. There's no commitment from someone. Whereas if they've got to click on a link, go to a landing page and make the decision to give you their email address, they're already showing more commitment. And then when you put that offer to them, you'll possibly find you get a better conversion to sale but it all comes down to the testing what which of them works best for you you know I I love testing things alongside each other running identical campaigns see what what happens because I have no way of knowing how your audience is going to react Mm -hmm. neither do you really until you test it but in the main from all the testing I've done that's how I would differentiate the two I think that's such a good point and you've brought up something else there that I think people really need to consider is what are you asking them to do with that ad? So for instance, I've run ads in the past that were click to call, okay? And it was for an estate agent. Now that, and it was a test ad because I just wanted to see what would happen. It, it didn't do anything. They didn't get any calls because think about what you're asking them to do. One, it's not a product that you just buy like that, okay? You, it's a long decision process. 
So they're not just going to pick up a phone and go, oh, I wasn't going to sell my house, but now I will. And I'll just book an appointment. Two, you're asking someone to go straight from an ad to being on the phone and speaking to someone. That is a big commitment. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it is getting on the phone and talking to someone. And I've had people who have done ads and leads, or they've talked to me about them where they've asked them to go straight into booking an appointment mm-hmm. from, a, from an ad. And they're like, it didn't do very well. The Facebook ads don't work. And it's like, no, no, no. Facebook ads were lovely. You were targeting a cold audience who don't know who you are and you were asking them to get on the phone to you. No one in their right mind is going to do that. So it's about kind of doing that warm up thing and thinking about realistically, what am I asking you to do right now? And the way I like to view things, I don't know about you, Liz, but I like to imagine I'm stood in front of someone. So imagine stood in front of someone and going, hey, would you like this freebie? And they've only just met you. And they might be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I might do that. Or you spoke to them last week because they've seen an ad of yours that was just a video. And then the following week you meet them again, you go, would you like this freebie? And they're like, oh yeah, no, that'd be great. Thank you for that. Imagine then I walk into a networking situation. I'm having a breakfast. I walk up to someone and go, this is what I do. Do you want to book a call in? they would think you were mental, like literally mad. And I think sometimes we forget online that we're talking to humans at the end. And if someone in front of you is unlikely to to want to do that, then the chance of them doing it online are slim to none. Absolutely. And an analogy I quite often use, it's not even an analogy, it's a real life situation is how often have you had those calls, the telephone call at home where the phone rings, you were in a car accident recently, do you want to claim the insurance? You're like, no, I wasn't, go away. And and you automatically, nine times out of 10, most people I talk to, they hate those kind of calls. Mm-hmm. And so I say, why? Why do you hate that? Well, they don't know anything about me because they don't know who I am and they've just sent, asked me this and I haven't even had a car accident Yeah. So why are you sending them an ad, other people an ad who have never met you and don't know who you are and asking them to buy something from you? Mm. And you've not taken the time to get to know them if it's something they want. You need to build that relationship. So I am 100% behind Facebook ads. We need to stop thinking about them as promotions and advertisements. They actually should be thought about as conversations. Um, And it's something I talk about a lot now is exactly as you said, imagine yourself standing in front of someone and saying what you wrote in that ad. How would it feel and how do you think it would be received? If any part of that feels icky or you're not sure or you think, ah, they'll tell me to go away, then why would it be any different when you put that into an ad and serve it online? Yeah, such a good point, isn't it? And I just think thinking of imagining standing in front of someone for me is such a good barometer in terms of, is this going to work or is it not going to work? Like if I couldn't naturally stand in front of someone and go, hey, you might want to check out a video I did about so-and-so. It's really helpful if you're this type of business or whatever. That would feel fine. I couldn't just meet someone and go, you want to buy my course? You know, it just feels horrible, absolutely horrible. So, okay, let's talk about then obviously you've got these objectives. There are many steps then to creating your, your perfect dad. And there are various variables, various variables. That's too many. Um, (laughs) There are are many variables which can have a huge impact. I always say, and I, uh, we were just talking about Atomicon because we're both speaking there next year. Uh, My talk at Atomicon this year was about funnels and I liken them to cakes because cakes and funnels and ads and online marketing are the same. Because if you put one tiny ingredient wrong, or you miss one thing out, or you put too much of another thing, it can affect everything. And ads are a bit like that, aren't they? So 
if I'm sat here thinking, okay, that's great. I really want to give it a whirl, but what do I do? Do I go and find some training and do it myself? Or do I go and hire someone to do it? What do you recommend? Uh, That is such a good question. And I love the cake analogy because I can relate to cake. (laughs) (laughs) With Facebook ads, it's a little bit like, do you want to follow the Delia Smith recipe or do you want to be like Heston Blumenthal and just throw things in with all these ingredients and hope that it will work? Or do you want to follow the recipe that is most likely to work? And I think you've got to have, whichever approach you take, you've kind of got to have an understanding of what ingredients are going to go together to start with. So I, I say that everyone should learn that. I think everyone should start with what do I need to know to be able to understand how my ads are performing, even if I'm not managing them myself. Yes. Even if I'm going to outsource them at some point in the future, how would I know that what my ads manager is telling me is good actually is? And this is where I hear so many horror stories of people mm-hmm. who have outsourced their ads because it's a blind spot. It's something they're just scared silly of they've talked themselves into this mindset that I can't run them I'm not a techie I'm not a numbers person I'm not going near my ads I'll just chuck them over the fence to someone else and make it their problem and their responsibility and actually then they get burned because that ads manager is merely spending their money and they've no idea whether what is happening is good or not until they find out it isn't yeah spent thousands of dollars for that lesson so I think you should learn it first and a great analogy here is that I, that I often will describe is I hate accounts and bookkeeping with yeah. a passion. Oh my God, you and me both, Liz. Absolutely we a passion. Spirits. I cannot bear oh, it. You know, so, so I've got a choice. I can either decide, okay, am I going to do that myself? No, because mm. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, or am I? Go- it's not that I can't do it. I can't, but I hate it. So I'll outsource it. But... I would only ever give my accounts to my accountant when I know how to understand the profit and loss account that he sends back to me. Because if I don't, he could be embezzling me, he could be robbing me blind, and I wouldn't have a clue. So if my view is as a responsible business owner, I need to understand what the key numbers are to, to control my business and keep it profitable. And then for that respect, I think ads are no different is you need to understand those basics. So how you learn that is really up to you. But I mean, there are lots of courses out there. I myself have a course, but yeah. you can even get um, learning from Facebook for free through its blueprint program as well. Yeah. So there is no excuse for not learning it. No, you're right. Absolutely not. I think we'll link up to your course in the show notes. So that'll be in there. So go and take a look at that, guys. Because my only advice, and I and I don't know this for sure about Facebook, but I did it with Google Ads. I learned how to do Google Ads. First off, I still don't know how to do Google Ads, just so you know. Even though I learned it and was doing it, I just ha- couldn't tell anybody because I just thought, I honestly don't feel like I know what I'm doing. But I did two lots of training. I did training through Google and was training to be their partner. And then after I passed two of the three exams and still didn't know what I was doing, I was thinking something's wrong here. And then I did training through a woman who I found online who was an expert in Google Ads based in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I paid to do one of her courses. And do you know what? My ads were so much more successful from her than Google. Because what Google wanted me to do, and I should assume Facebook are the same, they want me to spend money. So yes, they are going to help you, but they're not going to give you those hacks. They're not going to give you those, actually, I have tested this and this tends to work better. So if you do want to jump in at a slightly better level, try this first. They're not going to be able to give you, or they won't give you those things, I don't think, as well as say you will in your course, Liz, because 
your objective is to make it as profitable for that customer and and who you're working with than help Facebook increase their budget. Or well, that's the experience I've had. Yeah, it's a really good point. I'm probably going to get blacklisted by Facebook now. Saying, <laughs> don't, don't post a post. Don't do all the things that we want you to do. More money. <laughs> don't okay. do Facebook blueprint. But I think to a certain extent, and another thing you'll see quite a lot is um, a Facebook marketing expert can help you and they'll do a review of your ads. And actually they're not running ads themselves yeah, to yeah, the best yeah, of my yeah. knowledge yeah. and I think there's a lot to be said for learning from someone who has been there worn the t-shirt got really dirty <laughs> chucked yeah. it in the wash and still wanted to come back and wear it again um, yeah. yeah you do learn a lot by doing that constant testing and, and you will you'll, you'll learn faster from someone like that and for sure because I just went in there the other day and I do ads for myself, you know, obviously quite a bit. And I do have one of the team that doesn't, but at the moment I'm feeling like a bit of a control freak and I'm doing everything myself for whatever reason. And I went in the other day and it changed and it changes mm-hmm. fairly frequently, which is irritating and new things come out all the time. So if you're not in there and you're trying to help someone, then I don't know how you could do it. Because literally, if you're thinking about doing it and you're sat there thinking, oh God, but it's going to change every day obviously what you would be taught are the principles so that something does change but then that's where you have Facebook groups and that's where you have discussions where you can go back and go oh this this is new what's this so yeah it does change all the time so okay so definitely get some training definitely think about doing it so the other things I wanted to ask before we finish today is one thing that's happening so once you put up your ad and you've done all this and again I'm only asking for my own interest (laughs) it, it goes through a review process and as you said Liz when you've done lots of ads Facebook knows you're trusted, you know, that you're not putting anything really bad out there and you're not breaking the rules and you're not doing this, that and the other. Except I put an ad up yesterday and it's still in review almost 24 hours later. Now that is, I don't know what's going on there. That's really weird. But we had a conversation before, didn't we? When we were in San Diego back in March, that they seem to be taking time to review things. And a couple of ones just, they just didn't get through and they kept rejecting it and that sort of thing. Is there, do we know if there's any reason why it's taken so long or? Yeah, I mean, I think Facebook's official answer would be it's a queuing system. And I think that is pretty much, you know, the reason behind it. But it's frustrating because you want your ads up at a certain time and you want them to be running and you want to hit deadlines. Um, And if that ad doesn't get reviewed, it's it's Mm -hmm. so annoying. But there's not really any way around it. So when you create your ad and you confirm it, it goes to Facebook for approval. Now, the first pass of approval is done by artificial intelligence. It's screening all the ads um, and you will go into a queue. So sometimes it is a lottery if you happen to go in when it can go you know, instantly be approved. Yeah, Other yeah. times, yes, it can take over 24 hours. Facebook officially say their, their turnaround time is 24 hours. If it's over that, you're still waiting, you need to get in touch with them. Um, yeah. kinda, and there's a chat support that a lot of people don't realize. Oh. There is a Facebook chat support. And the, the, you know, in the main, they're great. They'll be very helpful at getting your ad reviewed. So if you find that things are sticking and not, quite mm-hmm. understanding what's happening I would get on the chat and and ask them no that's yeah. really helpful thank you okay so last few things to finish off now they're always coming out with new things as we've said it changes a lot and there's a few ones that have come up that it would be really interesting just for you to explain what they are just to the audience just because they seem to be really prominent in a lot of ads So they've changed the video views ad, which I used a lot and I recommend that people use because it's a great way to narrow down your audience. And they now, instead of counting a three second view or a 10 second view, they're talking about through play. What do they mean by through play? 
Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just call it a 15 second view because that would be what it is. <laughs> yeah, essentially that's that's pretty much what it is. So it's Brilliant. if your video is more than 15 seconds long, then it's that somebody's watched at least 15 seconds. If it's shorter than that, obviously that wouldn't count. But yeah, it's it's pretty much it's 15 second view. They, they've done that because I think they're realizing that even a 10 second view is fairly transient. Mm most people make up their mind about a video very quickly if they watch for 15 seconds that is showing a level of commitment that is as a value is valuable to you as a marketer so that's why they've switched to measuring that uh see that see why do they do stuff like that just say 15 seconds well they never tell you no no i love i would love it for one day facebook to say we're just going to do this poll we're thinking of changing this what do you think instead of we've just changed that honestly (laughs) you can tell you've just got no Exactly. And then the other thing is, you might get it, another account might not. Mm. Someone else might get something and you haven't got it. It's really tricky. Yes. And it makes you feel like you constantly don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, no, I promise I do this for a living. But it's just they change it so often. I can always tell you when they're going to change something. It's usually just as I'm about to do a teaching or a workshop or something like that. And then I put something to. on screen, everybody's saying, that's not what we're seeing. I'm like, that's still what oh, I'm yeah. seeing. <laughs> yeah, not good, is it? It's not crazy. good. Um, okay, what about campaign budget optimization? Is that just another way to say, should we spend your money for you? Yes, it, that, that actually is a really, I must write that down. That's a really good way of explaining it. So at the moment, you have got two choices, also a choice of two options of how you, yeah. how you set your budget with, for your ads. So the way we've always done it up to now is pretty much using ad set budget standards. So you would say at ad set level, So for anyone who's never set up an ad before, you set your campaign objective, what you want the ad to actually achieve. Then underneath that, you've got a layer of what we call the ad set, which is where you set your target audience, your budgeting, Mm -hmm. where you want the ad to show up. So normally you would set your budget by ad set there at that level. And each ad set would have its own individual budget. And then the ads sit underneath that. Campaign budget optimization is where you set the the budget at campaign level. So at that Mm -hmm. very first top level. And then Facebook will apportion the budget across the ad sets underneath according to which ones are performing best. Now, the reason they've done this is that they say, in theory, you should get better results at a lower cost by them doing this. Because if you think about it, you can only check your ads at that time where you opened up your laptop and you could go Mm -hmm. in and you could have a look and then you made a decision, what you saw, and you adjust things and tweak things and then off you go again on your merry way. Facebook can optimize that ad all the time, 24-7 in real time. So it can constantly make adjustments to budget based on what it's seeing and what's performing best. So in time, you should see better results. And I've been testing this since February this year extensively. I only ever use campaign budget optimization now. And I have, in the main, got better results than when I run a direct campaign alongside it that's using ad set budgeting. Oh, that's interesting. Why it makes a difference is if you think about, let's say I had three ad sets, each with £10 budget on them. Yeah. Facebook will spend that £10 each day on each ad set. And audience one might be terrible. And I might, you know, we'll get two leads for that, but I've Mm. still spent 10 10 bucks. The the second one might have a brilliant audience. It's it's loving my ads and they're signing up like hotcakes. And I might get, I don't say, let's say 20 leads for that £10. And then the third one somewhere in the middle. Facebook will keep spending that $10. So I'm going to say 10 pounds. I'm always going to spend 30 a day. Mm. If however, I was spending 30 pounds a day at campaign level, 
Facebook would be saying, right, that middle ad set is the best one. I'm going to take the budget away from number one that's performing mm-hmm. badly, put it on to number two where I know I can get more results and do and get it quickly. So it's it's constantly doing that. So it, it does work. That's really interesting because normally these things are not as effective as they sound. Do you need to run the ads for longer for that? Is it a case of it needs to learn longer or... Yeah, I mean, I must say what, I, what I'm seeing happen is it can take up to four to seven days for it to really optimize and learn and gain traction that you start to see those lower results come, lower cost results coming through. So yes, I think sometimes you might need to give yourself a little bit longer running the ads to get the results. But the thing is, come February 2020, we're all going to have to use campaign budget optimization. It will become the default and you can't switch it off. So I, my encourage, I would kind of encourage everybody start getting used to it, start playing with it, start testing it as I've done. Find what works and what doesn't work for you and what you might need to adjust to get the best results and how long it might take. Really get a feel for it and it'll stand you in good stead. Yeah, thank you. Because I hadn't, I, a lot of these things, I just think, nah, you're just trying to make me spend more money. So I just ignored it. So yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, final one, dynamic creative. So I've seen this come up a few times when I'm going, so when I build my ad, I tend to go, right, here's my picture, here's my text. If I want to uh, split test, I'll split test different images, different mm-hmm. text, and that sort of thing. What, what are they trying to do with dynamic creative? What is it? Yeah, it's, that, that is such a good question. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with dynamic creative. Okay. I think on the one hand, in terms of testing lots of different variations of your ads, it's amazing because okay. what you do is you, there's a little switch at ad set level. And you say, I want to try dynamic creative. That's all you do at ad set. Then you go to your ad and you can upload, I think it's up to five versions of the copy. You can upload lots of images. You can test even different headlines. You can test different call mm-hmm. to action buttons. Now, if you were to sit and work out all the different variations, right. so it's like copy one with image one and or image two and headline three, and you know, you could be talking hundreds of different um, permutations. To create those yourself and upload them into individual ads in Facebook would just be horrendous. But with Dynamic Creative, all you need to do is upload the five copy, up, see what your five headlines are, and then Facebook will mix and match all of those and serve them out as ads in the newsfeed. So your audiences are seeing all these different ads and Facebook is testing them for you, seeing which ones are working best. Um, and then you can get that data. So you can look at it and say, okay, I can get a breakdown of which text is giving me the most leads, which image is getting the best response and most leads and, you know, break it down whichever way you want to. So that's, that's brilliant from that perspective. Mm-hmm. What I don't like about it is as an advertiser, as an ad manager, is I don't have a level of control over the ads. So I might know which copy is giving, is performing best. And I might know which image is performing best, but I've got no way of saying, right, that image with that that copy is what I now want to scale because right. it doesn't exist as a standalone ad. Ah, uh, okay. So you can't just pick that one and send it on more. Yeah. You All you can do recreate. Yeah. Exactly. So it's let's say image one is is looking like the best and copy two I could take those and put them together in a new ad and you would think that that's my best performing ad, but it might not be because the combinations of the ads, if you looked at them, it might be a completely different combination that actually was the overall best performing. Yeah. So yeah. you're looking at the individual elements, what performed best, but the overall combination might be something completely different. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And I suppose it's great if you have lots of assets 
and you don't know which of them to use, then dynamic ads could be great. But I think, I don't know from your experience, but I would say my experience, often when people are starting off on ads, they are literally working with one ad set, they're working with one ad, one image, you know, and obviously the the idea is you try and test it and you encourage a bit more out of them. But in reality, that's probably what it's coming down to to begin with. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And people are starting it. You're absolutely right. They probably are just, you know, one image, one one thing. And, and that's fine. I think you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. If, if that dad doesn't work and people aren't reacting to it, then you've got to bring in another. So I suppose dynamic creative, what that's allowing you to do is for that one budget is have lots of different variations and see which is maybe working best, which is great data for your next campaign. Mm. So I think, you know, there are definitely times where it's good to use it. It's just, I particularly find it frustrating when I want to scale and to really control the ads, it it becomes a little bit more difficult. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Liz, thank you so, so much. You know, I am like such a fan of ads and, and I could just talk about this all day. I geek out. There's so many other cool things they can do. And also, even things like I had someone come to me once and say, we want to do an ad. And I was like, well, where's the ad going to go? And they're like, oh, anywhere. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, you've got that entirely incorrect. It just can't be like that. Like that is as much as effect as the actual ad itself. Like, so again, seeing it as part of the whole funnel for me is like, is just brilliant. And I love it. I love, love, love this stuff. Liz, thank you so very much. I'll obviously link up to everything in the show notes so these guys can come and find you and they'll know where to get all your stuff. But I really appreciate you being on. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Teresa. Always good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Liz. I really enjoyed that episode. And do you know what? She taught me lots of things and I do Facebook ads. So it's always good to kind of have refreshes of these things. And look at what they're doing right now and what the platforms are doing right now and the changes that they're making and to pick up some of those tips from someone like Liz who literally all day, every day does Facebook ads and not just Facebook ads on a small scale, but on a huge scale. So she gave some great tips there. I really, really enjoyed talking to her. So if you are thinking of starting Facebook ads, like I said, do go check out the Academy as there is a course in there and it opens again on the 24th. So I will not take up any more of your valuable time. Have a wonderful day and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 